0: Good morning church, I haven't said good morning yet, those people sitting in that corner there, who are the, uh, who are, are the special anointed people that are sitting there? I sat there this morning, it's, it's a nice and cozy spot to sit. What a joy to be with you this very special day. No amen? Amen. You must amen when it's appropriate to amen. And you must say ouch when, when the ouch is coming. The ouch is coming. But what a joy to be with you this morning. And uh, this, in my spirit, I sense while we were, I may be uh, just sensing something special about this day. Because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, God, for our salvation. Thank you, God, for forgiveness, for deliverance, for acceptance, for making us whole, giving us a new identity. It's just wonderful. And once again, we want to say, Lord, thank you for the gift of our salvation. I think it's appropriate, maybe just to stand again and let's give God the greatest praise offering that this church can give. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Okay. That was was a good beginning. But remember, we are giving praise to the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the host of angels. We are just worshiping the King. Let's give him praise and glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I like this corner here. They're making a lot of noise. Good. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, says the word. Pastor Ryan and Pastor Runel, and the leadership, but especially Pastor Ryan and Runel, two of my most favorite people. Not knowing you many years, but really two wonderful, special people. And also the leadership. I think you've got a great leadership. Great potential for uh, expansion in every area that God is wanting to expand. What a privilege to be with you this morning. Thank you for inviting us back. Last time I said, blessed are the short-winded, for they will be invited back. And they invited me back. <laughs> I thank God, for the gift of my my wife, without her, I will not be able to stand here. 34 years of ministry, and I can just this morning confess that without my wife, it was not possible, but it was God's grace, God's love, and let's give God the honor. I had an old preacher, Bob Mumford, you won't know him. Uh, he's not on the circuit anymore. Some of you will know him. But he always said, when, 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 when somebody gives him praise, he would say, thank you very much for the praise. We always say no, it's uh, not necessary to praise me and uh, try and be humble and stuff. But he says, thank you for the praise, but I'll give it to back to God as an evening offer. Sacrifice. I'll give it back to God. So everything goes back to God. I thank God for the gift of... The word of God in our midst. We love the Lord. And lean myself, that's our, our heart. We love the Lord. We love His church. We love God's people. Amen. Amen. And we love the world. The unsaved people. If we do not love the world, we don't, do not have the heart of the Father. For God so loved the world that He gave. good example this morning of the uh, Tithes, and I haven't heard that. It was a good, good example, and uh, I'm blessed with that. John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Eternal life, a key word in my sharing with you this morning. We have a passion to see the unsaved get saved and experience the Father's love experiencing the Father's love. Thank you once again to the worship team. It's really a blessing to have a worship team like we had and experienced this morning. John 4:23 says that God is looking for true worshipers. And when I look at the worship in this church, I really sense that uh, it's, it's, it's really true of, 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 of you people. The time will come, however, indeed it is already here, when the true and the genuine worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, in reality. or the Father is seeking just such people as these, as these worshippers. The amplified worship gives God, trans- God's transforming power, opportunity to work in our lives. As we worship, God is busy working in our lives, transforming us more and more into His image because that's why we we are worshiping God, is to say, Lord, I have more, more, more of You, Lord, more of Your image in my life. So I thank God for this worship team. Let us just pray together. Lord, thank You for Your Word. Thank You that Your Word is life. Thank you that your word is truth. And as we open up your word in this place, change our hearts, change our minds, and change our lives. Amen. Just tell your neighbor, change is coming this morning. If you came here with a bad attitude, you might as well change the attitude right now. Amen. They say, if you have a bad attitude, it's like having a flat tire. You need to change it or you're going nowhere. It's true. I sense an attitude of worship, attitude of wanting to receive the Word. Some weeks back, we celebrated Pentecost. It is the festival when Christians celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit, Thank God for the Holy Spirit, the power working in and through us to do what we cannot do. It is a celebration of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the early followers of Jesus, the early church. Christians across the world celebrated Pentecost. And we all celebrated Pentecost. Today I want you to reflect on the spiritual significance of of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the presence and power, presence and power of the Spirit working in our lives. I sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place this morning. Empowering us to do what we cannot do. That's anointing. We always have different definitions for anointing, but I have a simple anointing. It's God's power working in and through us to do what we cannot do. That's anointing. i repeat, it's God's power working in and through us to do what we cannot do, but what only God can do. There's a scripture here this morning, only God can do certain things. Today I want to reflect on the spiritual significance of that outpouring. Peter preached a sermon to help people understand what had just happened when the Holy Spirit was poured out. And he tried to explain, and in this sermon he cited a portion of a prophecy from the prophet Joel. Yule in Afrikaans. In the last days, God says, and I'm quoting I will pour out my spirit on all people. Are we living in the last days? I bet you believe, you need to believe that we are living in in the last days. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I don't know who that is. I've got a friend, and I met him this week at a conference, and I spoke to him. I said, Eugene, you look excellent. And he said, yes, I'm 71. And I said to him, well, I'm also 71. Uh, I said, but you look so, 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 well." He says, yes, but I don't let the old man in. (laughs) So that's my attitude from now. I don't let the old man in. (laughs) I'm trusting God, 70 it goes good with you, 80, so uh, bear with me. I'll be around a couple of years more, many years more. Amen. Until eternity, I'll be around. I will pour out my spirit on my servants. And the Bible says men and women. Great opportunity for the woman to say, yes, men and women and they will prophesy. And also in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We must understand from this that the community of God's people, and we are the community of God's people, you and I present here this morning, are central in God's work in the world. We are central. He wants us to be His witnesses wherever we go. God is doing such powerful things in the world today and many nations are coming to Christ. We attended the missions conference this week and it is amazing what is happening on our own continent The theme of the conference, running with horses. And you can go and read in Jeremiah 12, verse verse 5, about the running with horses. If we get tired as footmen, how will we be running with horses? Because there is an acceleration taking place right now in the kingdom of God. Running with horses speaks of a divine acceleration. God's supernatural ability working in our lives so we can keep up with the Lord in doing, in gathering the end time harvest. There is an end time harvest that is appropriate this morning. And we need to wake up. We can't sit with a spiritual slumber as the church or as believers. We need to wake up, and, and I think I've got a scripture. I just looked it up just now, very quickly, and it says in in chapter, unless you, Ephesians chapter uh, five, it says, "Wake up, O sleeper! Arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you." Yeah. There is no time to slumber and sit in a spiritual slumber anymore. We need to wake up. And Christ will shine upon us, upon His church, upon every believer, and people will see it. A brother from Zambia spoke, and he said something very special happened in Zambia. The government government decided to declare Zambia. They took the Constitution... And the preamble of the Constitution determines the rest of the Constitution. And they changed the wording from, uh, in the Constitution from religion to Christian. That's a great thing that is happening in, the, in, the, in, 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 our, in, in our country, in, 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 uh, in those countries. West Africa, Nigeria... We know bad stuff about Nigeria, but God is doing tremendous, tremendous stuff in bringing people into the kingdom. Therefore, God is inviting us this morning to consider our own participation in the fellowship, the worship, and the mission of the church. Consider once again this morning your participation in the local body, in the fellowship, Wonderful fellowship amongst the people, in the worship, and in the mission of the church. We can't sit in a in a, in a, in a spiritual slumber, but we need to wake up to what God wants to do across the world. Psalm twenty three says that the Lord is the Lord forever. Verse one: The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is. Verse six. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I might as well say, the Lord is the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. He never changes. Yesterday, today, and in the future, God will be the same. The Lord is the Lord forever and ever and ever. He will never change. He is the eternal God. But according to Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, and I'm going to just take you on a journey. Just stay with me. But according to Ecclesiastes 3 11, God has also set eternity in the hearts of, of men, he is the eternal God, and there is an eternal life after after this life. But he says the, the Word of God says, and you can read it in the Amplified. I think it's on the screens. Yes, it says he has made everything beautiful in its time. He also has planted eternity in the in in, in men's hearts and minds, and and, and that eternity, it says, it is. A divinely implanted sense of a purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. Nothing in this world can satisfy. There is a working, 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 a divinely implanted sense of a purpose. If you feel purposeless this morning, the Word of God says no. God has implanted eternity in the hearts of His people. In men and women. It's there. The enemy has stolen and robbed people of this inheritance. A divinely implanted sense of a purpose working through the ages. Which nothing under the sun, nothing under the sun, But God alone can satisfy. Amplified says it is a divinely implanted sense. And only God can bring satisfaction in this. According to this scripture, we are not only living for the here and now. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I ask the lean to just right at this spot, just say uh, uh, Amen. Thank you, Deline. But I want you also to respond. You're very quiet this morning. Don't be. Ronald said I can do just what I want. Amen. Amen. I won't do that. I will do what the Spirit tells me to do. But if it means that I put you on the spot, I'll do it. I'm going to be very bold early this morning, very early this morning. I was, I was, I was not, I I couldn't sleep, and, and God just said, speak the word of God in boldness. Don't know what it means. So if I say something that really strikes deep inside your spirit, say, amen, it's, it's a good, good place. You can say, amen. In the world, if you travel in the bus and you say, amen, for some kind of truth, they're gonna, they're gonna throw you off the bus. We are not only living for the year and now, but we are living for eternity. God has placed destiny in you and me. God has placed purpose in your life and purpose in my life. So because of this truth, it is time to renew our commitment to live as an essential member of the church using our gifts. We have all been gifted to build up the church and share the love and life of Jesus. What we as a church needs to and, and need to be doing outside is to share the love and life of Jesus. People are desperate for, for reality. I believe there is a call on the church and every believer to live a life of greater fruitfulness. And that is the title of this morning's message. Normally the Speaker starts and says, this is the title of my message. Now, in halfway through, I bring you the title of this message, message, Greater Fruitfulness, because everything I've said up to now is part of our growing up in, towards greater fruitfulness. I've said it and want to say it again. We have not been called to be successful. I think I said it last time. We have not been called to be successful, but to be Fruitful. Success is here today, but it can be gone tomorrow. It can be here today, but it can be gone tomorrow. We have been called to be fruitful, bearing much fruit in extending the kingdom of God. You've been called to bear much fruit. Jesus says in John fifteen eight. This is to my Father's glory. It's to the Father's glory. It's to the Father's glory that you bear much fruit. We glorify God when there is greater fruitfulness in our lives. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. I often say, Preach the good news. But if necessary, use words. If necessary, use words. Your life should preach the gospel. People should see that you're different. They would want to have what you have. But we have become so miserable when we're amongst the world because they are miserable and now we tend to become miserable as well. Getting under the influence of the world. The world will have no influence on me. The world will have no influence on you. And that should be our attitude. Let the same attitude be in you that was in Christ Jesus. We used to sing that song that you will remember ancient of days. You can read it in Daniel chapter seven, verse nine, and also read Isaiah chapter nine. Uh, if you can you buy this tape again afterwards? For free. For, free. for free. I thought you said all three because I haven't got so. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got so much to preach <laughs> for free. It's great. It's great. Go and read these scriptures because it's good to read them. That says, that song says, His kingdom shall reign, and that is what the word says, over all the earth. His kingdom shall reign over all the earth. To the ends of the earth, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. And of His kingdom there shall be no end. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) And of His kingdom there shall be no end. It speaks of an eternity, an endless, something endless. There is no end. Isaiah 60, verse 1 and 2 Arise, shine, and I want to say to this church, and I want to prophesy it when I speak it, for your light has come, arise, shine, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, deep darkness the people, but the Lord will rise upon you and His glory will appear upon frontline ministries. We have come to the time of the greatest conflict between light and darkness. And the key to living in this life, is to be daily experiencing the power and the presence of God and to live a life of greater fruitfulness. Otherwise, you're not going to make it. Grow deeper in your relationship with God, sharing the love and the life of Jesus and looking off at ways how we can add value to people's lives. And even trust God for a greater fruitfulness in our own lives. Because it's all about people. It's all about attracting the lost and bringing them into the, uh, into, into the kingdom of God. Amen. Not just sitting Sunday after Sunday and being fed by the pastor. You've got a good pastor. Amen. amen. Now's a good time to say amen. And you've got a good pastor's wife. Pastor, as well. God's ultimate purpose and plan for our lives as believers on earth is to positively influence others to get to know and to love Him. What is your influence in the marketplace? Very little? Maybe you have a tremendous influence? You measure yourself. The truth of the word is going out. And you need to measure yourself. We all have a place. God placed us in this world. We all have a place. And in that place, you have a position. And in that position... God wants to give you authority. So this morning, God is saying that I've placed you in the marketplace where you are, I have given you a specific position. And I am eagerly waiting to shed my anointing on you to do what you cannot do so that people will see that the kingdom of God is alive and well. Unless you clearly see this purpose for your life on earth, you will surely waste your life. There is a purpose. There is a place. There is a position. There is a purpose. There is authority that comes with it. You don't have to do it in your own power and strength. Thank God for that. If I need to do what I'm doing here this morning in my own power and strength, I will will fail. I will miserably fail. But it's God's anointing. And that same anointing, God is not a respecter of of people, of persons. That same anointing that raised Christ from from the dead, that same power dwells in you and dwells in me. That's same power. Resurrection life is in your hand. God said to Moses, what is in your hand? So this morning I want to say to you, what is in your hand? God wants to multiply it and God wants His anointing to flow in and through you. God has called you to influence everyone who touches your life. Your family members, how are you doing with that? No, I'm not, I, I, I don't really, I don't want uh, bad relationships, so I'm not, I'm not confronting my family members. The friends, your colleagues, even strangers and, and casual acquaintances, those people who travel with you every day in the same bus, sitting with you in the same seat, next to you, not the same seat. That is why God is calling His church all over the world to live a life of greater fruitfulness because of the end time harvest that is coming. Not because of any other reason, but I believe this morning and I speak it out because of the end time harvest that is coming. God is saying, wake up, O sleeper. Let Christ shine upon you, on you. And be what God has called you to believe. I believe there is an un unprecedented release of the Holy Spirit coming upon the earth. There's a release prophetically, if you if if you're into the prophetic word and prophetic uh, promises that that God is giving to His church through many prophets, there is a release of the Holy Spirit upon the earth coming, because the greatest harvest of all time will begin to come in. The end time harvest. This present age is not going to last forever. Things are getting worse, and we are living in the last days. Things are getting worse, and, and, and we are living in the last days. It's harvest time. Church, it's harvest time. We need to do all we can to harvest and preserve the crop of new souls that are coming into in, in, into, the, into the kingdom and come to salvation. This morning I would say, open the doors of this church and let the unsaved come in Amen. and be saved. Amen. This place will become too small Amen. if the unsaved comes in because of what they feel they can get you. Many churches, you go in and you leave more miserable. And what you came in, it's true. The face of the church has changed. But God wants to restore his kingdom in and through each one of us. We are the church. The church is in us. I'm so excited for, I believe, a new gate is opening in the Spirit as God is releasing a backlog of revelation and blessings. There is so much revelation coming right through now. The church will radically change in the way we meet and function. You must believe that. Within ten years' time, the church will maybe not look like it's looking now. Five years, two years, there is an acceleration. Maybe in the next year you will say something is happening in our church. Something is taking place and we need to, we need to plan for that. God will give you wisdom, give the leadership wisdom to do what needs to be done. Ministry will take place inside and also out, very much outside the church walls as we go out and release the kingdom of God in the marketplace and the schools and secular places with signs and wonders following. Hey, I like that, signs and wonders following. Yeah. There is a call from this pulpit this morning and I sense the spirit of God is leading me to say this. Never stop growing in your spiritual passion for God. Never stop growing. There's a call from this pulpit to go into a, a deeper understanding of your worship experience in terms of relationships, in terms of growing deeper in your faith life, deep desire and hunger, for more of Jesus. Study the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Get into the word. Your faith will be stirred. We need to hear. We need to read. We need to speak the word of God. But most importantly, we need to obey the word of God. Amen. God's desire for us is to live a life of greater fruitfulness. This is my conviction that God is calling us to, to that calling of greater fruitfulness. John 15 Jesus says in John chapter 15 verse 5 I am the vine you are the branches if a man remains in me and I in him he will bear much fruit the key is to remain in him to remain in him but we must understand that in order to bear fruit and even more fruit we will all go through seasons of pruning yo ouch pruning is always very painful and very difficult but with it there are promises of a better and more fruitful tomorrow remember we all live in to the glory of our lord Life is a journey. I always say life is a journey. Sometimes the journey has good times and sometimes the journey has bad times. Can you agree with that? There's a song that says the God on the mountain is still the God in the valley. The God of the good times is still the God in the bad times. Maybe you just need to hear that again. The God on the mountain is still the... God in the valley. The God of the good times is still God in the bad times. God cares about each step we take on this journey. And we must never forget that God is always with us through each step of the journey. Even when it doesn't feel like it, God is there. Even though you are going through difficult trials and, and, and circumstances morning, God is there. And He cares deeply for us we are all guaranteed a journey. But things work out differently for each one. Life can truly become difficult sometimes, and we get discouraged, and we feel like giving up and walking away from God. We feel alone, and we feel God is so distant. He says in his word, I will never leave. And he says Never. The Greek for never is never. (laughs) (laughs) I will never, never, ever, until eternity, I will never leave or forsake you. But I believe that everything we go through is the working out of greater fruitfulness in our lives. I spoke to the leadership the other night, and I said, when difficult times come, Three things can happen. It can either define you. Oh, difficult times. Oh, Define who you are. If you're not a strong Christian, it will define you. Or it can destroy you. But the most important thing is let it grow you. Let it grow you. Let di- difficult circumstances grow you. We are not living for this world. We are living for eternity. Now I want to just do a small illustration. Uh, yeah, I will need help, please. Because a man knows not to just take it take it slowly like that. Women normally just. Okay, I'll keep this, and you go as far as you can. Go to the back. Straight right through to the back. You see, that's why I'm telling you. Maybe you need my wife. (laughs) No, life is not so... Complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Can we need more hands, please? More hands? I see that then, I see that hand. (laughs) It's coming on. It's coming on. Okay, it's 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 fine. You can you can maybe just drop it there. there, there, there <laughs> 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 Thanks for the sound guys as well in this. Uh, okay, this this imagine this rope. Is going on forever, this rope. Uh, you can just put it down because you can't stand at the end of this rope. It's impossible. It's just humanly impossible. It goes on and carries on and carries on and carries on. Imagine this rope is a timeline of your existence, it's a timeline of your ex- existence. This little red pot represents our time on earth. I just feel such a presence of the Holy Spirit right now. The people will just understand this simple illustration. This represents your time on earth. And, 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 and then what about all this? It's part of my timeline. You've got a few short years here on earth. And you have all of eternity somewhere else. There's no end to this. It just carries on and carries on and carries on. Some of you only think about the red part. And we are all humans. We just think about the red part. Before meeting Jesus, I would also also just think of the red part. But then I met Jesus and he said, I will give you eternal life. And then I realized that there is something more to my life You are consumed, and we as people get consumed with it. Work, work, work. Save, save, save in order to enjoy this little part, yeah. That little part there. That they call the the good years, the pension years. You start, yeah, being born, and we work, 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 and it's just, you know, We're not living for eternity. We're just working. But what about this part? What I am during the red part determines how I am going to resist for millions and millions and millions of years into eternity. This determines the rest of my lifespan. You've got glory because this is just a simple illustration. You may have seen it somewhere, I don't know, but uh, this, is, this is just to let you understand. What I do, 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 do during, during this red pot determines how I'm going to exist. Why would I spend this little red pot trying to make myself as comfortable as possible, enjoying myself as much as I can, and I don't worry about this. And that's exactly what we are doing as, 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 as people. When you meet God, you know that it's not only for this. The world, because they don't know God, will not believe that there is eternal life after death. They, they don't believe it. They just think life comes to an end. And they, and they work and work and work and work. And suddenly there's nothing. And you know what the Bible says, where those people will have their end. Eternal destruction. But God is speaking to each one of us this morning, and He says, in your, greater, in your pursuit of greater fruitfulness, you need to understand that it's not just working for this part, but it's working for eternity. That's why the word of God says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1, God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. A sense of something working in our lives to understand. Why would I spend this little part enjoying myself and making me as comfortable? This all will, de- will, will determine this. This a little part here. This is the race marked out for us. You can go and read it. This race is the lifelong test of faith in this world. And yes, yeah, sometimes it's, it's very difficult to cope in this world. And that I've been speaking about this morning. Challenges coming in. Jesus for the joy that was set before him in the other Cross. Do you all understand the importance of not only living for today but living for eternity? That will change your whole perspective of things around you. That will change your, your mindset. It will change your finances. It will change um, your, your seeking after, after position and all that. It will change everything because you know that when the moment I lay down my life, or, or I, 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 God takes me home, there is something. That is something. A sense of eternity working in my life. And God says, I will always be. And you will always be where I am. I will always be. And you will always be where I am. Isn't that something to grasp this morning? How can anybody still say, I don't want to accept Jesus as the Lord of my life? You are living for the year and now making money, getting rich nice houses and I've, there's no problem with that because God wants to bless His people. But surely make make, make, make sure surely make sure it's double surety <laughs> that your life You are living your life in the light of God's glory. And the fact that he has, give your life to Jesus. Why hold on to this? Why hold on to this? Give your life to Jesus. And uh, there's going to be decision time this morning. If you have never given your life to Jesus, why would you miss this opportunity? It's decision time. And I'm going to challenge you to make quality decisions. Even to those who have accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of their lives. Even them I will challenge, still challenge and say, become more fruitful. Buy yourself a little rope like this and do this exactly. Somebody can take this rope. I don't know who wants it. I'm going to give it to the pastor. Hebrews 12 verse 1, Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, every unnecessary weight, and that sin, let us deal and let the the worldly things, let us strip ourselves of the worldly things, and, and that sin which so readily clings to and entangles us. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. The race that is set before us. You're in a race. You're on a course. Paul said, looking away, verse 2, from all that which distracts, We get so many distractions. Paul says, looking away, in the Amplified it says, looking away from that which distracts. Get your focus back on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. (coughs) Looking away from all that which distracts to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith giving the first incentive for our belief. belief. And He's also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He for the joy of obtaining the prize. The prize, what is our prize? Eternal life. There is a prize. Are you running the race? Or are you just interested in the red part? Cause that was set before him, endeared the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Through years I have witnessed the restoration of many broken people in the ministry. Coming to salvation, finding Jesus as the Lord and Savior, still serving God faithfully and still having a passion for even greater f- fruitfulness once you give your life to Jesus everything will change Amen. everything will change And maybe your your heart this morning says Lord you know that in my heart I have a deep desire for greater fruitfulness but right now I'm fighting the enemy in my body infirmity in my finances I'm fighting the enemy in my family, in my marriage, in my workplace. All I need right now is a, a breakthrough. And you may sit here this morning and in the, in the midst of all the good news, you, you, you may say, but uh, pastor, you don't understand, I need a breakthrough. You've come to the right place. Not frontline ministries, not Pastor Ryan, Pastor Ronell. You've come to God. Who is the God of the breakthrough. His name is Baal Parizim, The God who can break through every resistance that the enemy has placed in front of us. So there is frankly no reason why we should not serve God why we should not give our lives to Him. And if you have lived your life up to now, and you say, but I, 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 I see I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, but, but even if I lose my life, I'm lost. The challenge this morning coming from this pulpit is don't be lost. I don't know how long I have to preach the, the good news anymore. I don't know. God knows. But nobody will shut my mouth when I say, please accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And serve Him. Because there is a reward. And the reward is eternal life. Goodness, why are we battling to make quality decisions? Put your focus back on, on, on Him. Baal parism, the God of breakthrough. In Afrikaans David sê, met my God spring ek oor 'n een meer en loop ek bende storm. Met my God spring ek oor 'n een meer. Toe hy dit sê het, hy besef daar is een meer. Sometimes you feel that there is a wall, yes. But he says, with my God, I will clear that wall. I will clear. Give Jesus an opportunity.